Hi, friend. You're listening to another episode of Wellness For You with Tony Gonzalez. This is the podcast addressing the stress first responders feel on a daily basis. Tony has been a police officer for 24 years and is currently a patrol sergeant, so she knows stress. Tony has developed daily mindful practices for relieving stress because life is too short. You can't wait for the perfect day, a vacation, or retirement to ease your mind and find inner peace. Let's start feeling less stressed today. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. How is everybody doing? We are taking two, all right? So in true, in true Tony fashion and LT fashion, we had a little, couple technical difficulties, and why not share that with the world? That's life, right? This is what happens. I'm super excited to be here talking to you all today and sharing a story with you um, and, and a, a very, very, very influential person in my career, uh, Lieutenant Callery. He was one of my first bosses uh, when, I, when I started in Long Branch. He's taught me a lot throughout the years. And um, I'm really honored that you would say yes to speaking to me today. How are you? I'm very good, Tony. I'm glad to be here. You were very influential with me, too. You know, we learned from each other. You know? Oh, thank you. You're so awesome. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I do want you to know that, um, you know, when you're first, when you first become a police officer, um, you don't know what to expect. And yeah. the leaders, the leaders, the, the, the bosses that you have, they really make a difference in how you, one, learn and how you carry yourself. And uh, you really made a difference for a lot of us. So thank you. First came on a job, it was a, uh, uh, you know, a totally new experience. I knew nothing about police work. I knew nothing about, uh, I didn't know much about anything. I was like 25 years old, whatever it was. I'm not even sure how old it was, but, uh, uh, you know, I was a kid and, uh, we come in here as kids and, and we grow, we grow together and we grow, yes. you know, hopefully we grow the right way. You know? Yes. Yes. That's, that's, I love that you said that because we do grow together. Um, and like I said, it does, who who you have is as a boss really makes a difference and it and it really makes you uh, comfortable with the job because it's it's a it's a whole different animal out here i don't care what anybody yeah. says that's right yeah yeah and uh, you know the uh i too had you know i had bosses who really all they seem to want to do is ridicule, ridicule you or you know whatever you know, some of the some of the things they use as humor really didn't kind of. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find no, it fun either. No, <laughs> but then again, uh, you know, there were always people, and, and you're lucky if there's people that yep. you know, tell, you know, send you in the right direction. I can remember uh, L.T. Gofferson. You know, he I can remember working with him, and he was he was he was quite the you know. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't brash, or he wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he just told you uh, what he thought would help you during your your career. And the first thing I think he taught me really was, if you treat people the way you would want to be treated, 
your job is going to be much easier. And uh, I took that to heart, and I'm telling you, that's really the way I, I kind of, uh, you know, base my career on. Right? And it does. It makes it easier because then you can kind of empathize with people, you know. Yeah. Thanks. You you really did. You really did. You really did stick to that. And I appreciate that because it made it easier for us to, to learn, you know? Um, so I want to ask you, how long have, has it been since you retired? I retired in November of 2002. So 18 years, I guess. Wow. 18, no, 18 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did, tell us how you started in law enforcement, how you wound up doing it. Okay. I wasn't, <laughs> I really wasn't like one of these guys. I want to be a policeman. I, you know, I mean, I guess I, as a younger person, as a kid probably, oh, I'd like to be a policeman, but, uh, or a fireman or an astronaut, you know, I mean, right. I didn't know what that was. But I was, I was very young. And then as I started to, uh, get into my teenage years and, uh, working. I started working right away. My father, uh, you know, instilled on me that yeah, you have to have a job and you have to uh, do something. With yeah. You know, he knew he was a probation officer up in Hudson County, where we lived in Jersey City. You know, and uh, he uh, he didn't say anything about police job or anything like that, or he just wanted. One day he said to me, because I was working all these uh, seasonal jobs. I was, uh, I worked on a sod farm. I, uh, you know, uh, I worked for a lawn king where we grew grass and stuff like that. But everything was seasonal. And, and then come the wintertime, you know, I'd find myself maybe sitting in a gym mill somewhere. And, uh, you know, he, he knew that that was not something <laughs> that was going to be good for my, uh, you know, yeah. anything. So he said to me one day, he said, uh, why don't you take some civil service tests? So I said, all right. You know, so I took one civil service test. And I had just moved down here from Jersey City uh, when I was 18. So I really didn't know, you know, uh, I mean, I knew where all the clubs or the gym mills were and stuff like that, where you right. go to the party. But I, I didn't know. Long Branch from anywhere from you know I I just didn't really know the area that well, and I got a couple jobs and you know uh, still seasonal stuff and uh, but anyway uh, so he tells me to take why don't you take a civil service test so I take the civil service test and it was for the police it was uh, there were a bunch of towns around I think uh, a lot of Monmouth County towns. Right. And I did. I didn't know anybody on a police department. You know, wow. I didn't know, know uh, you know, anything about it. So, all of a sudden, I get the results, and I'm like, I don't know, number ten on the list in Long Branch. That's good. You know, still, yeah, still, I didn't know. Still, still, I, I said, okay, well, you know, and I just kind of went through the process. And then they called me, you know, sent me the notice uh, to apply. And, you know, you got to do a 40-page, uh, uh, you know, the application. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the one thing they had was uh, you had to send a picture. You had to bring a picture with, of yourself, you know, like a little uh, 
photo, you know, like a, uh, just part of the application. So I get, I get a shirt on, I tuck my hair back into my collar. Oh, I wasn't going to get a haircut unless, you know, not, not for this application picture. But anyway, I, I go through the process. And I get called in. And, and honestly, back then, it was 77. I, they didn't have really have a review board, you know? Right. They, what they, you had to really be interviewed by some captains or something. And uh, I think it was John Floyd, you know, he's long gone now, but he said to me, what in hell do you want to be a policeman for? And I said, I don't know, I took the civil service. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I probably told them a little bit about, oh, yeah, I like to help people, you know, usually. But it was all still new to me, and I didn't really know what was going on. And, uh, so I get hired. And uh, at the time, we were going to State Police Academy. Yeah. And it was five of us at the time. And, uh, and uh, they, or, yeah, it was five of us. But they only had space in the police academy at the time for four four people so i was going to be the next group that went you know right so uh in the meantime what they did with us was uh we went out and qualified with guy mistretter down at the range down in uh on the ocean front there it was ralph the flippo's old range right. and uh he took us down there qualified us and i can remember being in the, uh, I'm probably going to wander here, but uh, I don't know how much time we got. But anyway. No, you. we got all the time <laughs> in the world. I love, I love to listen to this. <laughs> I want to hear everything you have to say. So, so we get down to this range, and it was, I don't know if you remember that range. It was, uh, I actually do. It, it, yeah. It's so weird to actually remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's gone now. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, the hotel is there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we get down to basement and qualify. I remember taking it. first time I ever fired a gun. I never fired a gun in my life. You know? Right. So we got this Colt 357 or whatever. And, uh, he said, getting us all lined up on the thing. And we're, all, we're all ready. I'm a little nervous. And all of a sudden he says, okay, on the whistle, you get get that first shot off right away. So boom, boom, boom. And I had my ear. I didn't have my ear protection. Oh no! Drop the gun on the thing. It was like brutal down there, you know. It was, but anyway, <laughs> so that was my first experience with firearms. <laughs> and he thought something happened. He thought I got shot or something. But anyway, after that, you know, it, it became a natural thing to shoot for me. I was pretty good at it. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, just one of the crazy stories. So yeah, <laughs> these guys, these guys go to the. Uh, uh, police academy and I'm back home so uh, they had to find things for me to do and I was riding around uh, as a uh, you know as a rookie I, I had a firearm you know was, uh, I, I was like a second man in the car and I remember the first first day on the job uh, they give us a call of stabbing down to Blue Dolphin Bar this is day one now day one so, Right, so so we get down around the area, and the, and I'm with, I don't know if I should say who, I was with. Nah, I won't say who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're too uh, much. 
<laughs> we'll just use initials. <laughs> but anyway, so we get there, and oh, you ran this way, ran that way, and uh, we're down on Abbotsford Avenue. Oh now, my that's God! Also down by the hotel, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's running through the yards, and uh, this guy I'm with goes one way, and I go the other. All of a sudden, I come up in the alley, and I see a guy jumping over the fence. And this guy, I could say his name. Well, maybe I should. But no, I, you can say anybody. Well, a, we'll use initials. Alan, <laughs> Alan Roachford. <laughs> and he was, I didn't know at the time, he was pretty bad dude, you know. Yeah. So he, he jumps over the fence, and he's staring at me. And we were maybe, I don't know, 50, 60 yards away, 40 yards away. I and I... Pull out my gun. He's got to shoot a knife in his hand. Drop the gun. And he says, and he stands there staring at me like he's thinking about whether he's going to drop this gun or not. And I'm thinking all through my mind, is here the first day on the road I'm going to shoot somebody. I know, that's crazy. And fortunately, he dropped the knife and he got him. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, then we did things like, uh, you know, if they have to find something to do, prisoner transports and all that. And I remember them saying, okay, go gas up the prisoner van and go, uh, and then we're going to make a run in the prison run or something, right? So right. I go out, I go out, get the prisoner van, and I'm pulling out of the driveway. And I'm going, they said, go to the city garage, gas up the van. I had no idea what the city garage was. <laughs> but I was smart enough not to ask anybody on the radio. So right. You know how that goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled over a garbage truck in the prisoner van. I said, "Hey, where's the where's the gas pump?" But so then, okay, now uh, I'm I'm almost a year doing this stuff on the street. Maybe over it was over a year before they had another class ready. Right. So and they hired another guy. And uh, he, I forget his name, but uh, so it was me and him going to go to this police academy. So they send me to the city doctor. Uh, Dr. Trom was his name. He's long gone. He was an old, old doctor. So before I did all this, when I was 18, I first moved down there. I got hit by a car. My leg broken in five places. I had metal oh, wow. rod in my leg. I had, you know, metal rod alongside my femur and everything. But I put that all down in the application. You know, right. what I mean, there's there's a bunch of questions about your health and injuries, and I, I put everything down. But nobody had ever said anything about it. You know, I limped a little. Well, of course, you know I limped. You know, yeah, yeah. I got my knee fixed. I don't want this there. No, this, it, hey, listen, technology is so amazing. They can rebuild us. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. So, so I go to the doctor and he says, uh, you know, I can't send you to the police academy like this. You'll hurt yourself. And I said, well, you know, what do you mean? Yeah, you can't. He said, I can't, I can't approve you going through the vigor, rigorous training or rigorous training of a uh, police academy. So I, I didn't know what to do. I just went back and uh, back to work and 
Captain Foy calls me in and says, you know, well, you, you have these injuries. We can't send you to the police academy. The doctor won't approve you to go to the police academy, is what he said. So I said, okay, you know. And I think there was, even, I don't know if there was an option at the time to send me to Monmouth County, but I, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, he said, look, if we can't, if you can't go to the police academy, we can't keep you. Right. I said, I got to let you go. So I said, all right, you know, whatever. Now I'm thinking about it, and a couple people, uh, I think Dennis Walker said, why don't you go to this lawyer? Not, not. So I go to a couple of these hotshot lawyers, and, uh, you know, these. Uh, so all of them said, oh, you're screwed. You know, they, there's nothing we can do for you. But then I found Eddie Holden. Remember Eddie Holden? Yeah, yeah. He just passed away recently. Yes. He said to me, he said, wait a minute. He said, how long have you been there? I said, about a year, a year and two months, whatever it was. You know. He said, they can't fire you. They have to give you a hearing. Oh, look at that. I said, he said, you're at civil service. You're there more than 90 days. You have to have a hearing. So he sends in, you know, the paperwork, you know, tells them that we're going to have a hearing. The city agrees to a hearing. You know, yeah, you're right. You know, it's a civil service. So they bring me in for the hearing and, uh, you know, months went by and I, I was suspended with pay then. So I was going to the beach every day, going there in my shorts every two weeks, picking up my measly, I think we were getting 9,500 a year. Oh my God. <laughs> and, you know, but I was getting paid, you know. That's right. And, uh, so, uh, Finally, we get to the hearing, and they called all these Captain Norton, Massey, all those guys. Has he done his job? Yeah, well, yeah. Has he had any problems with his job? No, none of them really, nobody had any animus toward me because they really didn't really know me. You know right. I wasn't like one of, one of these good old boys that, you know, who, yeah. their nephews or whatever, you know. Right. So nobody really gave me a bad rap. And then they got the uh, Dr. Trom up on the stand and and uh, Eddie didn't really want to make him look too bad because he was real good friends with John Floyd and all that. But by the time he got done with him on the stand, it was like, well, what do you know about orthopedics? And, well, basically, I don't even know how they gave me a medical license. You know, I mean, it was like that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time, it was... Uh, Prezioso, a Dr. Prezioso was the business administrator. He was the hearing officer. And then I didn't know, you know, at the time, you know, the hearing was concluded. And I guess it was a month or so later when he decided that uh, I would get my job, keep my job if under certain conditions. One, go through the State Police Academy. Two, pay for my own attorneys, which at the time was probably... I don't know, eighteen hundred dollars or something. But what's a lot of money then? You know, if you're right. making ninety five hundred. And uh what else was the other thing? Uh and then pass another physical. So I did all that and now I'm going to the police academy and they had just hired Frank Lasitra as the director of public safety, retired major in the state police. So I just figured he's gonna call down the state police academy and just you know, fail this guy, or whatever, right. you know, get, bust his ass. 
but nobody did anything like that. And I made it through the police academy. I had a tough time with the running and, you know, stuff like that. But I got through it, you know. And yeah. uh, and then I uh, my career started, you know. And, uh, it, uh, I, and I really loved the job. You know, I, I learned to, I guess I learned to love it. I don't know, you know. Because, yeah. like, I had those good people that told me. You know, even old Guy Mastretta, who was a pain in the ass and yell at you. <laughs> he would, uh, you know, he gave you some good advice. Everybody right. gave you There's a lot, of, even, this, even the bosses that you really didn't like, they were too gruff. They would always give you some kind of, uh, right. Right. you know, yep. send you in the right direction, you know. And, yep. they, and some of the old timers, and, you know, even old Dennis Walker, who would walk up to you and punch you in the arm. One time I said to him, I said, you punch me in the arm one more time. And he was pretty <laughs> he big. He was big. Guy. I know. So I'm just going to kick you in the balls. That's all. <laughs> That's how you take them down. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, something that, that is uh, really, uh, to me, is not, it, it really is commendable, is how you started out, you came from a whole different area. You decided right. that you were going to do something here in this, in, 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 in Monmouth County, in Law Branch. And then you don't know anyone. You face some challenges right from the start. Right. And not only do you not go to the academy, you're out on the road. Your first call is something really traumatic, if you think about it, because it's not something that you do every single day. This is, a, right. you know, a guy with a knife. You're pointing your weapon at him. It's not an easy thing, you know? Yeah. How did that make you feel after? Did you, yeah, how did you feel after? Well, Tony, each... Each incident like that, and you know we have a lot of incidents like that. I mean, if you want to get trained in police work, that was a good, at the time, and I don't know how it is now, mm -hmm. it was a rough town, you know, and it was a rough job. And uh, I think each in incident gave you a little more confidence because I'm not lying, I'll never, I, I won't lie to you, every one of those incidents, my heart was pounding at a mile a minute, you know. Right. Uh, but you... You, you learn with that and you, you know with each incident and uh uh it was good stuff and there was some horrible stuff that we saw and, uh, you know uh well, all of those things i guess you know help you to become a decent police officer you know? that's right the uh the stress that i i the stress that that i talk about and uh and and how it affects us right a lot of people don't know that we we see a lot more things that people know this that we see a lot more things than they'll ever see in their entire lifetimes some people will never see the things that we see wow. and what i talk about is how our body acts after it so after that incident right the first incident you said your heart was racing was it easy for you to fall asleep after that when you got home I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tony. Uh, at that time, right, uh, I was still in my maybe, yeah, mid mid to late 20s. And right. uh, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, at the time, I was drinking pretty good. You know, yeah. I, uh, alcohol was my solution at the time. And, uh, and that's not good. I can tell you that right now because yes. I have since, you know, recovered from 
uh, yeah, I recover from alcoholism. Yeah, you know? thank uh, you for sharing that. I mean, that is commendable. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I look at it this way. Uh, I know that's not a, a solution, and I know where that road leads. And, uh, you know, now I have a, even after that, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about, you know, I, I got to a point where uh, I was drinking way too much, and I wound up as uh, down the hospital with my wife. And who's down there? But Ronnie Warner, who's my supervisor. Yeah. So now, now I'm laying in a, a gurney with uh, my wife, Ronnie Warner, my first line supervisor, and and a chart that read chronic alcoholism. So it was like the cat's out of the bag, the jig is up, and yeah. uh, and uh, I had this sense of relief. Because I didn't think that, honestly, I thought, I didn't know anything about alcoholism, for one. Right. You know, now we know a lot more. Sure. And, uh, and we shouldn't be afraid of it. We should just deal with it, you know. That's right. Uh, and uh, it was such a relief to me that it was somebody else was going to handle that situation. And I went to went away. I went to 30-day rehab. And, uh, and I'll tell you what. At, I think that was a moment of clarity for me that everything was going to be all right. And, uh, and, and I lost the desire to drink at that time you know, awesome. for a long time, for a very long time. That's and, uh, yeah. yeah. So and, I, uh, I, I'm glad that you're talking about this and, and I really appreciate you being so honest. You always were. Um, Alcoholism is, it's a disease, right? right? And a lot of times what happens is as police officers, we drink, right? After critical incidents, after really serious things, we all get together. We're like, oh, let, let's, let's just after, yeah, you know, we all talk and then we go out and drink. And then what happens is that's how we soothe those things that are going on. And that is one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about talking about this because I, I just want to touch, even if it's just one life with this, because you want to make sure that people are not taking the things that they're seeing and using something else to alleviate it when there's other ways to do it. Right. 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 I mean, the talking and even in going out to the bar and talking about it was helpful, but the drinking was not going to be helpful because all you did was suppress, you know, you just put it away until the next time. And then, uh, you know, then it turns into, well, I need to drink more. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle and it's, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Sure. You know, especially yeah. someone who's, uh, has alcoholic, tendencies you know that have maybe in their system uh, you know genes yeah you just can't i can you can go out and enjoy enjoy a couple of beers i to me that's poison i don't do it I, that's right i know that I don't do it. but right. you can have a very you know productive life i mean i went on after that uh i was uh, i did just about every job in the police department detective. the only thing that i didn't do i didn't have a, a dog i wasn't a you know, but I did all the other jobs. You 
Yeah, you had a very successful career. Um, yeah, and, and that was really due to sobriety. Uh, you know, and I enjoyed the job. So, but I relapsed as again as you know when I was a lieutenant and uh, miserable again. You know, but I, I uh, after a certain period of time, I you know got the help again. You know, yeah. needed again. I thought I knew what I thought I knew, and I didn't yeah. know. I stopped doing the things that I was supposed to be doing the whole time, you know. So, right. but the reason I bring that up is because that's a pit we a lot of us fall in. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, Tony, I don't mind talking about it. It's thank you. Know, you. Right? Yeah, and uh, and honestly, if there's anybody that is listening or anybody that you know that would want to sit and talk about it, sometimes you don't want to go to the, uh, you know, the, the uh, whatever they are in there, the Therapy. HR people, you know, because I had an experience with that too, where, I, you know, I tell this guy my whole life story, and next thing you know, it's in a file, and they were, yeah. people are reading it, so, you know, that's not, that's not what I'm about, for sure, you know, so. If anybody, you knew anybody or anybody thinks Thank they you. need a little help, I had some issues with some uh, uh, opioids as well, you know. Yeah. So I know I've been there. I'm not saying I'm the cure-all. I can tell you what I did. Wow, that's um, – thank you, LT, because there are people out here, <clears throat> excuse me, that need to hear this. They need to talk it out. And you said a couple things about talking because when we do go out, it is, it is the whole reason we're going out is to talk and we need that. We need to talk, right. but we don't need to include the other things along with it. Right. I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I said I, I haven't done that. I have. Um, the other part of this is when you talk to someone, people want to feel like what they're saying, that the whole world doesn't know about it. And, right. and, and there's a lot of great programs now that are anonymous like cops can go and talk to these people and nobody's going to know and right. i think as time goes on and we are talking about things that nobody talks about like this yeah. people are more programs are opening up and people are realizing that this is not just something that people go do this is not just a career and that they go home and hang everything up we don't what we do right. is we take the these things with us like how many calls did you go to that you can never erase from your mind? Many. Oh yeah, I think of them all the time. Some streets I drive down, I can't, you know, I can't can't drive down that street without, you know, reliving stuff. You know. Yeah, that's serious. That's serious. I mean, whoever's listening to this, we relive these moments every time we pass certain streets. I. Don't go down. Did you lose audio? Yeah, I got it back. Though, okay, so. it's okay. It's technical stuff, right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's times that I don't go down certain places. I refuse to go to certain restaurants because of things that have happened. So right, right. those are things that we must address. And we right, must sure. help yeah. officers deal with that kind of situations. Right. Those types of things, you know? Um, yeah. After... After each, so let me, let me ask you, what's, what's one thing that has been with you 
long after you retired? That what's one thing that has um, stuck with you that that you just you know can't let go? Oh, you mean like the traumatic event yeah. kind of things? If well, you want to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's, it's of course the Pat King, you know, when he was killed. That was very difficult for me. And uh, one of the reasons, and here's where we go crazy with our, you know, our minds, you know, is one, uh, the night he was killed was he was supposed to start working for me at seven o'clock at night for a couple oh. hours till I, till I finished the side detail. Now, he really was working for himself at the time, but I, for me, in my mind, well, he wouldn't have went to dinner at that time if if he wasn't going to work a couple extra hours, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I wow. took that and that really, you know, and at the time I was drinking too. And, uh, you know, that destroyed me really, you know, and I still yeah. think about it, but, uh, you know, and everybody said, including his wife said, John, there's no, that, that has nothing to do with, you know, he, he would have went to eat one. He would have went to eat. That's all, you know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, who am I, you know, that, that was, who am I to say that, uh, you know, I could have controlled that situation. I'm right. not that powerful, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, it's a little, if you let it, it'll, it'll eat you up. Yeah. It, it will, eat, it will eat you up. Um, I, I had no idea. So thanks for, for, right. For, for talking about it. And uh, I'm really sorry that that happened. Um, I was only on the job a year when that happened. Right. And, um, but it affected you too. Oh yeah, it did. You know, it did. Sure. Uh, that is that restaurant. I will not ever go there. No, I, don't, I don't, I won't ever go there. And, um, I actually couldn't pass that street when you just said, um, you know, there's certain things you can't go down. I couldn't, I couldn't do it right. for a long time. Right. And I wouldn't even look in that direction. Right, right. It's crazy. Um, I just want to say to you, though, that you're right. We can't control those situations. And it wasn't your fault that that happened. There right. was a lunatic out here who just didn't have value life. And that's what that right. was, you know. And right, sure. You know? I understand that now, but you couldn't have told me that back then. I know. You know I mean, that I know. was, uh, you know. And then, you know, then there's uh, situations where uh, you, you would think that uh, there would be something you could do, like when a woman set the children on fire in a car. It was like, you know, and uh, a lot of us, including firemen, were, you know, we, we got some counseling for it. We sat down with and uh, we were told, you know, even by the fire experts, that you could have had a charged fire hose at that scene and still not been able to save those. Oh, my children. gosh. Yeah. That is so terrible, LT. Right, so right. terrible. And I'm sorry that you had to see that. Well, you know, you saw some stuff, too. And, that's, <laughs> you know, and it was a horrible thing. It was a, uh, but, you know, you got to perform after that. You got to function. I had I a function in the middle of that. I had that press photographer come up and start taking pictures of I know. the father, you know. And 
I had to deal with all that stuff. I had to deal with witnesses and statements, and, you know, but it's, it's difficult, but you got to do it. You know, that's, that's the is. thing. And if, and it, you know, and, uh, it, you know, you can, if you have, if you have people around you that are good, they'll say, Hey, look, you know, well, I'll take care of this second. And people do. They they rally and they say, "I'll take care of this part of the investigation." You know, so you know, you hear you go into a call that you think is uh, uh, vehicle fire with entrapment. That was what it came in. And how many vehicle fires with, uh, or I don't even think they said entrapment. They just said vehicle fire. Still, people in the car. Oh my god! Every time you get there, the people are out of the car. You know? Right. Right. So when I get there, I see a car out fire. I don't know anything until it was Bruce O'Hanson walked up to me and said, oh, uh, LT, I got uh, the, the mother in the back of my car. She's been read her rights. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Uh, to myself, I, uh, it hadn't registered to me yet. And this thing's blazing. He said, no, you don't understand. The kid was stolen the car. Yeah. Oh, God. So, <laughs> but... Anyway, that's enough talking. I know, I know. Well, you know, LT, <clears throat> the same way that you say uh, you're here for people, I'm here for you. And right. I will always be here for you. Um, and right. if you need to talk about anything, I will sit with right across from you and have that right. coffee and drive you crazy like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Make me laugh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did yeah. laugh. And, yeah. you know... I am so grateful for you because you're, you're talking about things that no one talks about. You know that, right? These are right. things, these situations, they're not just things. They're things that you lived, you saw, and you suffered from them. All right. People out here need to hear this. They need, these officers out here need to hear this, that you went through this stuff. You dealt with some, some, some terrible things. You owned it but you still realize that talking to someone had finding support was important. Right. And it's, it's, I, I imagine even at the time, uh, you know, uh, those incidents, there were people that you could talk to and you knew it wasn't going to be, you know, uh, you knew it was going to be confidential, I think, but, but you know, it, uh, with the uh, with the drugs and alcohol thing, now that's something you you might want to you know. I'm not saying don't say anything to anybody, but find someone that you can trust to talk to. Uh, you know, and it's right. it's it's common knowledge. We have diseases of alcoholism and addiction, and uh, you know, if you yeah. do the right things, you can get to it. And like I said before. Don't hesitate to give anybody my information. My Thank you, LT. I, I, I am not a, you know, I, I sit and I read a lot of uh, articles and I read a lot of research and right. uh, about what affects us as cops and, you know, first responders. I'm not just saying cops, but every, every first responder. Right. And what I found is a lot of, a lot of what happens when you do go into substances and things like that is because a lot of people are, you know, this is painful. 
Uh, it right. is, sure. there's a lot of things that you can't deal with that, and right. people don't, they turn to those things um, and right. they do those things and it's to ease pain, no judgment. Right. Um, right. And this is why I, I, I had no idea um, that you were going to share that with me today, but I'm glad that you did. And I'm so grateful because there may be someone out here that is dealing with that, that can see right. how well you're doing and how you sought help to get better. Right. right. And uh, it's, it's, it seems like, you know, sometimes it seems like there's no, there's no solution to it. You think that that's the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, how am I gonna, how am I gonna survive this? And it's, it's as simple as reaching out. That's all, you know. Oh, and, uh, so good. Yeah. So good, LT, so good. Thank you so much. You, I really, I cannot thank you enough. And uh, just just sitting here talking to you about this stuff is, uh, it's really special to me. It really is. Well, it's, uh, you know, if anybody else asked me, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I love you. You're so uh, awesome. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, um, I'm really honored. There's a lot of officers, like, people that have retired and I, and I just mention it and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll come on. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, so well, excited. Yeah. Well, you know what, we're, uh, we had our careers and if I, if, if anything I say or, you know, whatever can help somebody else, why not? I mean, it's, you know, I don't have to go punch the clock there anymore. You know, yeah. I, mean, I still work and I still work, but, uh, and I used to be afraid of what other people think of me. Well, you know what? Whatever the people think of me is none of my business. You know, oh, that's I'm, so good. So. You know, Kim Levy says that all the time. And I love that quote. I really do. Right. Because you right. have to live by that, you know? That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. What so, I think of myself, that's what's important. You know, yeah. what, my family thinks, what my family thinks of me, that's important what the world thinks of me, who gives a shit. That's right. <laughs> we need t-shirts with that, for real. <laughs> I've been, yeah. I've been like coming up with all kinds of t I'm like, I need that shirt and this shirt. And I'm there like, I'm not like. <laughs> so, right. so what have you been up to since retirement? What have you been doing? Well, I did a lot of stuff, Tony. I, uh, I did some private investigative stuff, which I really, Enjoyed because nice. you know, I like investigative stuff. I but do. That was a pain in the ass. There was a lot of travel and there was a lot of waiting to get paid by these lawyers. That's what the problem yeah. is. <laughs> and uh, but uh, then I I did a lot of stuff. I drove a, a triaxle dump truck. We did paving on the highway. That was a dirty job. I don't want to do that anymore. And uh, and I did. Uh, what else? Anyway, I've been at the libraries for about eleven years now. Wow, security, I know that's a long time. Security uh, slash buildings and grounds, and it and they treat me so good there. It's such a great place to work. There's such wonderful people there, and uh, I do that. You know? Yeah, they are and, awesome. And I fish, and I fish for striped bass. And oh, that's so nice. You know, that is a great way to meditate. Oh, it is. That's I'm telling you, Tony. When I'm fishing, yeah, I go with I go with a guy, uh, my wife's uncle, and sometimes we'll sit there for hours. You know, so I mean, good. 
and we sit eight feet apart and That's we won't great. say a word to each other except once in a while and then it'll turn around and say you want to turn want to wait till the tide turns around again and it, <laughs> of course you know we could talk to each other and just stay in there for eight hours i love that i love that it it, it is um because you're you really the water relaxes you right. you're listening right. and you're focusing right. so it is a great way to get out there and de-stress and you can do that right. daily you can do it daily and i was blessed i was able to uh, fish out on the naval pier out in the middle of sandy hook bay and we would sit out there at night and just watch the whole skyline Manhattan, that's Staten beautiful Island. yeah that's uh, that's my favorite yeah, place Sandy yeah. Hook is my, yeah, I, I go there a lot. I, um, you know, Jody, she did my pictures for my website there. Uh, uh -huh. I, I just have this connection to that place. I don't know what it is. I just love it there. Um, right. Yeah. So what would you recommend to all new officers dealing with stress? Uh, grab a hold of somebody like you that's oh, trained in it. And, uh, you know, uh, I do some meditation. I, I don't, I would like to meditate more, but I bullshit myself. I don't have the time, you know, I'm, not, I'm up in the morning. And, I, and really, I'm kind of meditating in a way because I get out here early in the morning. I feed birds and uh, chipmunks come running up here. I got to feed them. And I just sit quietly and uh, it's That's really long meditation. Yeah, it is. So you do have time because you're doing it. And when you right. go fishing, that's another uh, form yeah, that's of it. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. And then you, while you're doing that, you could take, you know, some nice breaths and relax. And breathing is one right. of the biggest ways um, that I have been able to deal with anxiety because right. sometimes your mind, I worry a lot sometimes. And I, what happened was it, it would take over my thoughts, sure. right? So when I found this thing about breathing, I got really into it. So meditation and breathing are really great ways to um, really bring not your heart rate down, help right. you with your thoughts. So everything that you're doing, like the fishing and right. feeding the birds and the chipmunks and all that, yeah. that's a good way to, to relieve stress. Right. Yep. So. Yep. I love it. And what advice would you have for any brave souls wanting to be police officers in this day and time at 2020? Ooh. Don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know, there were, there was periods when I first came out too that uh, uh, I guess in the uh, 80s, you know, early 80s, you had the Panthers and all that. They were killing cops then and stuff like that. You know, robbing banks. And, uh, uh, and it was a, it was a, it wasn't a great attitude toward police back then either. You know, you'd, uh, you'd get calls, whatever, in the housing projects and you'd get down there and then you'd be going to somebody with a heart attack in the middle of the thing. Next thing you know, rocks and bottles or so we went through some rough times too. You know, we had yeah. some things like that. But I've never seen anything like this. And this is just, uh, you know, this is uh, manufactured stuff. Yeah. You know, and, uh, 
this is, I guess, you know, they, they could, they're looking at the police as, you know, what society is, but, you know, it's certainly not right. And, it, uh, it isn't. It isn't. I don't know. I don't know if I would, I don't see, you have to be really special now to be a police officer now. I, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. But your main thing is, if you're there and if you that's what you want to do, you got to definitely take care of yourself because it doesn't look like there's a lot of people want to take care of you. You got to be safe for sure, you know. And uh, I just hope that uh, the attitudes of uh, society change toward it because this is not a road to go down. This is a bad road to go down. Yeah. You know, defund the police is absolutely absurd insane but it's just a it's just a a tool that people are using that really want to tear a whole society apart that's exactly true that is true i um excuse me i have bad allergies but i did oh it is it's it's not a good time for allergies but no no this is my worst oh yeah i believe that it is a tough time but we are going to shine some light on this planet by coming forward and talking about things that need to be talked about and standing together. And um, you're right. There's a lot of craziness going on, but at the same time, we have a lot of good people out here. So I always, I always look at that and, and though it's scary, I know that we're going to come together and fix this. I know. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we are. Uh, It's just, the, the, yeah, that's a tough time. It has to. You have to. If you Absolutely. don't, we're done. We're all done. I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Any final thoughts, LT? No, just uh, you know, everybody be safe for sure. That's you know, watch Thank your you. back, watch their hands, man. That's where it's coming from. Yep, watch their hands, one hundred percent. I um. I used to, I learned that from you from the beginning. I learned that from you from the beginning and I could have wound up really hurt if I didn't, you know? Right, right. sure so, we all Yep. LT, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this and talking to us about the things that you went through and your career. Um, it takes a special person to want to come and open all those things back up. So I really, from the from my heart to yours, I, I am so grateful. My pleasure. And I can't wait to see you so I can give you a hug. <laughs> okay. I'll see you soon. Though. I'll see you soon, LT. All right, <laughs> Thank love you. you. Right. I love you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wellness For You. Please remember to do something daily to relieve your stress. Head on over to www.itsmetony.com for tips. And check out Tony's Facebook page, Wellness For You. Stay safe, friends. Until next time.